up, Minutemen fans? I'm Sean Oldred. And this is another episode of the UMass Basketball Show uh, with a very special guest today and Mike Corey, former WMUA sports director and current voice of uh, the ESPN Friday A-10 games. Uh, Mike, we're really excited to have you. I'm glad you're here. Um, break down some A-10 tournament talk. Yes, thanks so much, Sean. Good to be with you. All right, so I guess we'll start off with UMass here a little bit. Uh, maybe just a bit of a season recap um, for the Minutemen. Obviously, they're 15 and 15 on this season. Um, it's been a lot of ups and downs, and the conference play has been tough for them. Um, they've been pretty beat up. I was just wondering what your thoughts were on Frank Martin's first year um, as the Minutemen's head coach, where you think the direction of the program is heading, and what do you gauge off of this first season? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited about it. I mean, I think he's going to bring, uh, you know, a lot of energy, experience uh, to the table. I mean, he certainly – you know, you certainly had some good wins early on in the season. I mean, things were going pretty well. It's just, you know, you get a lot of injuries and things like that that happen. And, you know, it, it takes you off the tracks, you know. But, um, no, he's a, he's a really good leader. Um, he's, he's a proven winner. I mean, I think he's going to do a really nice job. It's just going to take some time. Um, but, you know, I'd love to see the fan support, you know, get back to the Mullen Center a little bit. And, you know, everybody likes to say, well, oh, it's just you got to win. You got to win. And they'll come. It's like. You know what? That's pretty one-sided. I know it's an easy thing to say, but I think everybody needs to kind of get out there to try to help them win. You know, there needs to be other things that happen uh, on campus and, and around the program that I know he's working on, and hopefully they are, to really get that back to an unbelievable atmosphere. And it's not an easy task, but I um, I think he's going to do a good job, and you know, I'm looking forward to seeing what the next couple of years bring. Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right about that in terms of getting fan support back to the Mullen Center. Um, I grew up in Western Mass. I'm from the area. Uh, I remember my dad taking me to games the 13-14 season. They played VCU. We went to that game. It was completely sold out. It's an awesome atmosphere when it's completely full and the team does deserve some fan support. I think Frank Martin will get them there eventually. Um, so I'm excited for the next few years, but going forward, you've watched a lot of A-10 basketball this year, I'm sure. Um, RJ Luis is somebody that's kind of stuck out to me um, in terms of being uh, not only a great playmaker, but I think one of the best rookies freshmen in the A-10. Um, I was just wondering what your thoughts were on RJ this season. And uh, I mean, it seems like UMass has a star going forward in RJ Luis. Yeah, no, I just watched him the other day. I mean, that's uh, it's pretty good. It's pretty good to be able to build around a young player like that. Um, and he does. He's got a lot of good skills and, you know, you just got to kind of build around him try to get some, you know, some help so that he doesn't feel like he's got to be the one that does it all. And, you know, a lot rests on his shoulders, but, you know, for being a young player and learning the system and, you know, being pretty special and he's got good speed and athleticism. Um, no, I am excited about that. I think, uh, I think that's good. I mean, it's hard, you know, it's hard coming in and with the transfer portal and all these things these days and, you know, how does everybody mesh? How do they gel? Um, yeah, there's, there's a lot. I mean, it's not, it's not like it used to be. Yeah, absolutely. Should be should be interesting to see what Frank does in the portal um, to continue to build around a really good group of freshmen that UMass does have uh, going forward here. But the Minutemen, they're seated 13th, 13th in the A-10 tournament uh, down in Brooklyn. That'll be tomorrow at 1130. Uh, you will have coverage of that game um, on 91.1. So definitely tune in for that. Excited for that. But the Minutemen are taking on the Richmond Spiders, a team that they did beat earlier in the year, 85 to 76. Um what do you think of Richmond? How do the Minutemen match up uh, against you against Richmond? Um, and I was wondering if you could talk a little about Tyler Burton too. 
Yeah, no, Teller Burton's pretty amazing. I mean, uh, he's got he's a tremendous athlete. I mean, he's got you know such great ups. He's able to get it to the basket. His mid range game pretty good. I mean, he's he's working on his skills. I mean, I think also being able to to rebound and get in there and and have a well rounded game. Also defend. I mean, he is he is. I mean, I, I feel like he's an NBA talent. I don't know quite know where he's going to be in the in the list right now, but I mean you know, he definitely has a lot to his game and you've got to be aware of him at all times. So that's a score. That's somebody that they can just, you know, throw the ball to and, you know, he can go get him some points, but um, yeah, you know what? I've been, you know, surprised with Richmond a little bit. They're up and down a little bit this year, for sure. I mean, all of our best first and foremost to Chris Mooney, uh, who's recovering from successful heart surgery, which is so great to see and hear because um, that's just, you know, very concerning and, you know, I'm glad everything went well and, you know, he's really one of the good ones in this league. So, um, but yeah, Richmond's got a team. I mean, they got, you know, everybody tries to count people out. You know, you really cannot count anybody out, you know, in this conference. I mean, we've seen it. I mean, seven different champions in the last seven years that the tournament's been played. Um, and then what about like Duquesne and Fordham, you know, this year as well. So um, I know I'm kind of going off on, you know, the rest of the conference, but this Richmond team, uh, you know, again, you never know. I don't know if it's going to be what happened last year where they pulled off the title and the run that they made, which is great because of all that senior leadership. But um, it's still a team that you've got to be very disciplined against because if not, they'll get you on a couple back doors, they'll make some plays, and then that affects you moving forward, you know, and, and you know, the way the game's being played. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, something I think that's frustrated. I know Coach Martin has talked a lot about it during his post-game press conferences. Um, is getting beat backdoor. Um, I'm sure he'll be preaching that this week um, with Richmond. And like you said, I I really like Tyler Burton. He's one of my favorite players, I think, in the conference. Um, he's definitely really, really special. So I think for UMass, it comes down to being able to limit Tyler Burton um, because you can't really stop him. He's going to be able to get his points. He's going to be able to do what he does. But it's limiting the next few guys on that list um, for them. Neil Quinn had a really good game against UMass earlier in the year. Um, it's making sure that you don't allow those guys to score 15, 20 points, um, as I think would be a key for the Minutemen in this game. Um, but that's UMass. Let's look at the conference as a whole a little bit. Um, this is a pretty interesting draw, I think, of teams um, in the first few rounds here. You end up with St. Joe's and Loyola um, and LaSalle and URI in the other two first-round games. Um, do you see any upsets in either of those games? Could you see Loyola or URI pulling off an upset? Um, yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, those are, those are kind of toss up games to be honest with you. I mean, you're absolutely right. I, I, I could see it. I mean, uh, Loyola struggled this year. It's very unfortunate. I mean, you know, but Hey, first year in the league, uh, a lot of new things going on there. Uh, didn't quite have the same team that they had last year, of course, after the run that they made to the tournament. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I could see them doing it at Rhode Island. I mean, I love what they can do um, down the road because Archie Miller, we all know what he's done in this league, a really good coach. Um, you know, some of these, uh, you know, there's some teams that right are down a little bit this year that you look at and go, yeah, but not for long. You know what I mean? Like Archie yeah, Miller, Frank Martin. I mean, it's it's going to be pretty good. So, um, but I could, I could, I could see that happening. I mean, that's why I'm excited for this year's tournament because, you know, it, it. I don't really fear anyone, to be honest with you. I mean, maybe VCU right now because they are playing really well. They've won 18 to 21. They're the number one seed, clearly. Um, but, you know, Dayton is a, is a solid team. They are, but they've struggled a couple times, you know, this year as well. They're not in defense. You know, they're not, you know, not beatable. I mean, I mean, you can get them if you if you catch them on the right night. And then, uh, you know, same with St. Louis. You know, I mean, I again, they've battled through a lot this year. But, you know, some of these top teams, I, I could see all – 
all going down at one point or the other. I don't I don't see all four going on to the uh, to the semifinals. Yeah, no, I I totally totally agree with you uh, on that. When it comes to VCU, will either get Davidson or St. Bonaventure in that game. I could totally see. Really, I think Davidson has the potential to upset VCU for sure. Foster Lawyer and those guys. Um, but you went down the list there. I don't know if there's anybody right now that I I would really fear um, going into uh, if you're any of these lower steeds. And with the day off now in the A10 tournament, um, you will get that extra day to kind of recover, which definitely benefits right. those lower seeds trying to make a run. Um, so I think it's a it's going to be a really really good tournament. It should be definitely very very interesting. Um, on that note, do you have a tournament pick? Do you have a favorite? Um, somebody you like to get the automatic qualifier to the NCAA tournament? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it's uh, like I said, I, I, you know, you look at Fordham and Duquesne and just because of the years that they're having, um, this is a tournament where everybody is, is fighting for, I mean, you know, typically we've had two or three teams that potentially should have at large bids or would be in the tournament conversation. And, and for, you know, this reason, this year, just not. So, if VCU, I really feel like if they get to the championship championship game and lose, they should be a tournament team. I mean, that's you know they're on a pretty darn good run here. Going to be having twenty six wins, something to that sort. So, like that's where I'll say there. But everybody else is fighting for the title. Like, not that you're not every year anyway, but I mean, if they don't get it, they're not going. You know what I mean? So, um, I don't know. I just I really like how Fordham has played this year. I mean, again. You know, you could say straight the schedule and who they played early on the year. I don't care. Like, they're unbelievable. Like, you know, Keith Ergo's got that team believing, winning, confidence. Now you go to a neutral court. I mean, it's really right down the road from where they're at. I mean, they'll have good fan support. I mean, their gym was packed. I mean, Rose Hill was packed this year. They were coming out and they were supporting Fordham like crazy. So you never know. I mean, I, I could see them, you know, turning some heads, you know, maybe getting to the semis, getting to the championship game. And again, I wouldn't put it past them, you know, pulling out a win. Duquesne, same thing. Um, you know, they got some skills. They got talent. I mean, you know, Keith Dambrot, another great year for him. It, it looked like they were down and out. Not this year. He's got over 500 wins in his career. He's a good coach. He knows what he's doing. Very good coach. You know, so I, I like to see them, you know, trying to make a little bit of a run. But I did St. Louis a lot this year. I did Dayton a lot this year. VCU a bunch. Um, again, beatable, you know, for whatever reason. I don't know. I don't know why. Just on any given night. So, um, but yeah, I'd, I'd like to see maybe some of those other teams, uh, the the outliers this year with uh, with like a Duquesne and Fordham kind of get near there and and challenge because that that would just make it fun, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Fordham's been a pretty awesome story. Um, I was really excited about them last year with Kyle Neptune, and I thought this is such a great hire. They really kind of turned things around last year. And I, when he left to go to Villanova, I was really like, I don't know exactly. I think like the majority of the conference was what this means for Fordham where they look like in the conference this year. Um, and Ergo has done an incredible, incredible job there. And it's been an awesome atmosphere, like you mentioned at Rose Hill. Coach Martin, when they went down there, said that it was one of the funnest atmospheres he's seen in all of college sports, um, yeah. which is, is great for the conference. If you can have a premier team in New York, I think it makes all the difference. And I'm sure, like you mentioned, there'll be tons and tons of fan support uh, for the Rams down there uh, at Barclays uh, on I believe Thursday is their first game. So um, that should be a lot of fun. I'm excited for that. But Duquesne, another team that you mentioned that should also, I think, be able to make some noise. Um, but going away from kind of those top teams um, and into the middle of pack, like you mentioned, where that where Duquesne maybe falls, 
George Mason and George Washington um, are two other schools that I think kind of find themselves in interesting situations as well. Um, do you have anything that you think that those two schools can make some noise? I like, I really like what Chris Caputo has done this year um, at GW. I think him and James Bishop have, uh, I mean, Bishop's one of the best players in the conference should definitely be in the player of the year conversation for sure. Um, and Joshua Duro is a special player, obviously at George Mason as well. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a great point. I mean, when you got a player like uh, Bishop, you know, you're able to to pull off and win big games and they have, you know, they've done, I mean, that's, that's why when you got a guy that can go out and score like that, you know, you got to fear that team. I mean, they, they have the ability to do it. I mean, they really do. I don't know, you know, how far they go. We'll see what happens, but same thing with George Mason. Um, Oduro, yeah. I mean, I, I watched him. I watched him beat uh, Dayton on the road. Called that game there. I mean, that was that was a big win. I mean, that, not a lot of teams do that. The only teams that have done that this year: are VCU and George Mason um, in UD Arena. So it's not a, not an easy place to play or win at. And uh, and they did that. So again, Kim English had a lot of expectations on him and that team in his second year because they performed so well last year. But they really have. They, I mean, once it's all said and done, you look at them. And they're, you know, a game or so out of uh, two games out of being in one of the top four spots themselves. So they're okay. I mean, they're right there. I mean, I, I like them as well. I mean, that's what I'm saying. These teams are liable to beat anybody at any point. I know it's kind of a cliche, but, you know, they had a good year. I mean, they got 19 wins. Uh, you know, I see George Mason as a team that I don't think you want to play them. I mean, I certainly don't want to have to deal with Adoro. Um, not only is he a great scorer inside, but he's a good passer. He's a good team player. I mean, he's not selfish. I mean, he he helps that team, and there's a reason why they've been successful with him. Yeah, George Mason would be the matchup if UMass were to win uh, tomorrow on Tuesday. They would play George Mason on Wednesday, and I just don't I don't love that matchup for UMass whatsoever. Um, like you mentioned, handling Joshua Durr is incre incredibly difficult, and the Minutemen big men have definitely struggled um, against some of the elite big men um, in the conference, like Deron Holmes and Joshua Duro. Um, and James Bishop. So don't, don't totally love that matchup for the Minutemen, but um, we'll, we'll have to see what happens. Like you mentioned, anything can happen this year. It should be fascinating. Um, so some last few questions here. Um, I was wondering if you have a player of the year pick as well. I think those picks come out today um, for the conference, but if there was somebody that really stuck out to you or a few guys that maybe uh, would be up at the top for you in the conference this year. Yeah, I know, because because uh, Bishop, the way he's, he's scored and he's played, and, you know, it's always a tough one because, you know, you look at it and go, well, the, what did their team do? Is it the best player on the best team? You know, were they on the standings? I mean, I, I, it's hard. You know, it's very hard. I mean, uh, like, I'll look at VCU. Um, Ace Baldwin's a phenomenal player. I don't know if he's the player of the year, you know, but they're the number one seed. I mean, that's a great collection of talent on that team, and there's is the reason why they do it that way. And Coach Rhodes puts in eight, nine, ten guys deep sometimes. Um, definitely uh, Holmes and Kamara. Tamani Kamara, like, has been outstanding uh, for the Dayton Flyers. Yeah, I mean, he's he's unbelievable. Like, let's go back and, you know, you feel so bad for them back in 2020 when they had Obi Toppin and they were going to be a number one seed in the tournament, uh, the NCAA tournament. I mean, who knows? They probably could have won the Atlantic 10 as well. And uh, they didn't. we didn't get to see that. We didn't get to see what would have happened. And they had, you know, of course, an NBA player on their team. I think they got two NBA players on this team, you know, and they could come back like they're both eligible to, to return. I mean, the latest draft stuff I'm seeing is that, I don't know, they're like around, you know, second round, I think, you know, kind of lower round. I mean, I don't know. I don't think they're, I don't think he's a, he's a first round or a lottery pick or anything like that. I mean, they're, they're unbelievable though. So I'd love to see him come back for another year, but meanwhile, talking about this year, those two are in the conversation for, for the player of the year, for sure. Um, you know, for the flyers. I mean, I, I think, uh, 
I think it's it's a strong consideration, Bishop. Uh, who else are you thinking? Who else has kind of come to the forefront of your mind? Uh, like you mentioned, Holmes and Kamara were two that definitely stuck out to me. Kamara, I feel like it's overshadowed a little bit by Deron Holmes at points, yeah. um, just because everybody expected Holmes to kind of have this type of season coming into the year. Obviously, NBA draft hopes for him. Um, but Kamara has been just as good uh, this entire season. Watching him at the Mullen Center a few weeks ago, I was really kind of blown away watching him in person. He's incredible. The way he rebounds um, is is absolutely elite. So that was certainly interesting. Uh, I really like James Bishop a lot. I think his scoring is hard to be ignored. Um, right. He's averaging more than 20 points per game. Per game and that, uh, that George Washington team doesn't have a whole lot of talent around him. He's really carrying the offensive load. Yeah, feels like every single night. So uh, if I had to go with somebody right now, I think I'm going to go with James Bishop, but Holmes not far behind him as well. Just in terms of how efficient Deron Holmes is, he's leading the conference in field goal percentage this year at almost 60%, which is pretty crazy um, in itself. So either one of those two guys would definitely get my votes, but there's so many great players in this conference that I feel like because the conference has had somewhat of a down year, um, maybe aren't getting the sort of recognition they deserve. I mean, Yuri Collins is averaging over 10 assists per game, yeah, um, which is insane. It's crazy to uh, have a guy in your conference that's has that can dish the ball out that well um, and isn't getting like national recognition. Right. Yeah. He's the national leader in assist. I mean, he's, he's completely unbelievable. Um, St. Louis, again, I think has battled through a lot of injuries and, you know, tough up and down some games they should have won, but regardless, they're in the top four, you know, and they have a chance uh, just as much as anybody, especially with the um, double buy. We put this on uh, one of our games, you know, actually last couple of games um, over the last 11 years, uh, two number one seeds have won the a 10 championship. No number two seeds have won. And then only three teams outside of the top four in the last 11 years uh, have won the A-10 championship. Um, a five seed in VCU, uh, the sixth seed in St. Louis uh, in 19, and then the sixth seed last year uh, with the Richmond Spiders. So kind of interesting. Um, but, you know, I think, hey, eight of the last 11 has come out of the top four. So whether it's the one, three, or the four, eight out of the last 11 years, um, it's been pretty good being in that top four spot. And now because of the double buy 15 teams, uh, you really, you really got to be in that spot. I think it's going to be very tough for anybody to win five, four. Yes. But uh, you're on that first day tomorrow. Uh, that's, that's, that's a tough spot. Yeah, definitely is a tough spot um, for any of those teams playing tomorrow, but it's an awesome day of basketball to be in New York during the conference championship week. There's the A-10 tournament. There's the Big East tournament. Um, lots of good basketball in New York. I know I'm really, really excited to be there um, this upcoming week. So that's about all I've got. I've got one final question for you, Mike. Yeah. Um, and that would just be with the coaches in the A-10. I think it's an elite coaching conference. I think you've got a bunch of great guys in this conference. And there's a lot of new coaches this year, um, including Frank Martin. If you had to pick one guy out of those first year head coaches that's had the best year, uh, who would you pick? Yeah, definitely Keith Ergo and, uh, and Fordham. I mean, just the way, you know, they have completely exceeded expectations. Um, being right there in the mix, it, it's it's phenomenal. I mean, I, I think, you know, nobody expected that. Um, there's no doubt. I don't I don't really think there's a discussion on, you know, who's the who's the coach of the year. I mean, to me, I think it's it's certainly him and, and the Fordham Rams. Um, you know, again, credit a lot of them, Mike Rhodes and 
you know, Anthony Grant and Travis Ford, of course, you know, being in that, those top spots. But we already kind of knew that. We already knew they were, they were going to be there. Um, who's made the biggest jump? Who's surprised the most uh, people? Uh, how many wins they got right now? Looking at it here, 24 wins uh, this season. Um, spectacular. So I, I'd say Keith Ergo uh, for Fordham, no doubt, coach of the year. I think we got it kind of narrowed down on the player of the years uh, there with Kamara and Holmes and Bishop, see what they pick there. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, um, again, I love doing this league. I think there's a lot of great talent. There's unbelievable coaches. We know that. And then we have NBA players coming out of this conference too. So um, let's hope it's a, it's a fun time in Brooklyn. And I, uh, I think it will be. All right. Well, we appreciate you for coming on today, Mike. Um, it's been awesome to have you uh, back around WMUA a decent amount um, in the last few weeks. So uh, just thank you again for coming on. Um, appreciate you and all your time. Um, but I'm Sean Oldred, and this has been the uh, UMass Basketball Show.